0: You're listening to the Marketland coffee podcast. My name is Einar and I'm here with Jason. In this episode, we'll talk about Jason's recent trip to Ethiopia and Kenya. Hello, Jason. Welcome back. Thanks, Einar.
1: Hello, everyone. Great to be back. Fresh from the Source. What was the name of this?
0: uh, (laughs) This podcast podcast segment is called Straight from the Source.
1: Straight from the Source. Yeah. So we'll talk about um, my trip, some of the coffee we bought in Ethiopia, um, some of the nice places we visited.
0: Great. So we buy coffee from a company called Testy. Can you tell us maybe how you landed in Ethiopia and how you travel which farms that producers you visited?
1: Yeah, um, I'll tell you a little bit about Testi first. They're a, um, a family company. So they're sort of owned and run by a gentleman called Faisal and he started the company about 15 years ago. He lived in a coffee region, um, Harar, which is actually not, not a place we buy coffee from. But his family moved a little bit and he was trading coffee from a very young age. So he told us that he was actually trading coffee from the age of thirteen, he started buying cherry and selling it on to different brokers and middlemen and things like that. Uh, but it wasn't really until about fifteen years ago that he started testy coffee and really got involved in specialty coffee and exporting coffee himself. So they've grown a lot over the last twelve years. Um, they have now, I think, about twenty-five or twenty-six washing stations, and their names that you, I'm sure, you all know, names like Jigessa and Hedeso. Um, names like Ayla and Worker Natural things like that so a lot of the coffees we have bought from in the past have come from Testi. They're one of the few companies in Ethiopia that specialize in uh, very good quality coffee only so they don't do commercials they don't do um, like grade twos as they call them or grade threes and this is yeah quite unique in Ethiopia.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about your travels, mm-hmm. like you, you left Melbourne traveling with Erling from MCM? Yes. And then what happened? Well,
1: then we went through Dubai, um, overnight in Dubai, Went to, landed in um, landed in Addis, and uh, we went straight to Hawassa. So instead of laying over in Addis, we went to Hawassa, which was actually great because I mean, we woke up the next morning in basically in the country, but it was uh, like a 30 a hour trip from Melbourne. All the way to Owasa. Owasa is a a beautiful lake um, very close to the coffee growing regions and it's basically just a a great hotel there where we can sort of set up base camp and then make day trips out to the coffee countryside which is all very close. If you look at a map of Ethiopia um, basically the top of the coffee growing region for the south um, west area is Lake Owasa and then traveling in a uh yeah, southwesterly direction, you get um, Sidama and Guji, and um, a few different coffee regions that we buy from.
0: Can we hear about the coffees that you bought for twenty twenty four?
1: Yep. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of them will be names that we already know, like Ayla, Hedeso, um, Adorsi, Yaya. Um, there are a couple of new ones, Banko TC, which people probably will be familiar with because it's quite a, a famous um, like coffee village. Um, it's in Yergashov. And there's another one called uh, Duwoncho, which is another testy washing station that's located in Sidama.
0: Mm. And it's a good mix of washed and naturals on the list. That's right.
1: Um, but this year we didn't buy any anaerobics or any other experimentals. Um, they did
0: show us a couple. They make
1: some experimentals for different clients, um, especially their Korean customers. Um, we tasted a couple, but um, in all honesty, it's a, it is a little bit risky to buy experimentally processed coffee. Um, we don't always know how it's going to age. Um, sometimes it lasts really well, like the IA from last year, the anaerobic, but sometimes it, it, it can go the other way and not, not age as well. So yeah, this year we just decided to stick to washed and natural and keep it, keep it nice and simple. Yeah, so starting off in Hawassa meant that we could do some farm visits at the start of our trip and then um, towards the end we, would, we went back to Addis to their um, office and did the coffee tasting portion of the trip. And you can do either first, like we ran into um, some friends from Coffee Collective and they had already spent a week in Addis cupping through all kinds of different lots and they had used that to determine where they were going to visit on their trip. But because we, we sort of knew what we wanted to buy already or at least had a good idea, we could visit first and then taste later. So we spent three days in the country. Um, we visited um, quite a number of washing stations and farms like Yaya um, and uh, Ayla Bombay, Hadeso, Jigesa. We visited a couple of primary schools, which was really fun. Um, these are social programs that Testi have supported. And also um, they've had a lot of support from a Korean customer that Testi have called Blessed Bean. Um, and hopefully we're gonna be able to contribute to some social programs that Testi run in the future. But at the moment, we, we haven't yet. Yeah, we visited uh, like Garasole and Gara um, quite a number of different um, washing stations over the three days. And mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah, so after the three days of travel, we went back to Addis. Um, we did a tour of Testi's new dry mill. Well, and actually, it's not a new dry mill. They've, they've had it for a couple of years, but it's um, a new site for their office as well. So they're still building their office, but the dry mill's been in production. And we were really, really impressed with the dry mill. It's definitely the but it's by far the cleanest dry mill we've, we've ever seen. Um, it was completely spotless, uh, which, yeah, made us feel great. And we congratulated the the manager of the mill as well. Um, and then, yeah, we did quite a lot of cupping at Testy. So we cupped um, over like 50 or 60 offers um, from a lot of the washing stations. We're from different lots, like washed and natural. Like I said, some experimental, um, some day lots.
0: Mm. And do you decide to buy while you're in Ethiopia or do you come back here? and
1: Mm -hmm. It depends. Yeah, I mean, Aileen from Melbourne Coffee Merchants would have got a brief from some of her customers, um, roasters. Uh, We put in a brief, so we sort of have a good idea of what we want for Market Lane. It's always better to try and lock it all away um, while we're there, but sometimes we have to go back, come home and sort some things out, do some more tasting if we have to. Um, this year we are really confident with the offers and we wanted to get things moving quickly so we, we locked it all away while we were on the trip. Mm.
0: So if you're buying the coffee now, you yeah. showed me some pictures that they're kind of finishing up yep. with, the, with the drying. Mm-hmm. Uh, when can you expect them to be in Melbourne?
1: We'd love them to be here in May, um, but realistically it's probably going to be June. Um, that said, last year our Ethiopian coffees didn't arrive till late September. so we, um, So we try to keep a really open mind and hope for the best, plan for the worst. Um, if everything goes well, they should be leaving um, in March. And, and that means there's about a 40-day
0: turnaround by the time that we get them. So. And in the news recently, there's been quite a lot of uh, stories from the, the Red Sea and the conflict with the shipping containers trying to go through. Yeah. Does that affect the coffees as well from Ethiopia?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's, definitely, it's definitely had a big impact. We actually um, had a quick chat to someone mm-hmm. at the airport and it turns out she worked for one of the big shipping companies and she was telling us about how they are basically no longer shipping through the Red Sea. So any coffees that are leaving leaving Djibouti, they will send south around Africa rather than going through the Red Sea and through the Suez Canal. Um, it's caused huge problems, mostly for the um, Israeli-owned shipping lines um, for obvious reasons. Uh, and they're targeting stuff that's going to the states obviously or their israeli-owned shipping lines um it might make an impact on our shipping um there has been some talk of delays in getting containers back to africa um but yeah testing we're fairly confident they've already sent out about 15 containers this season and they haven't had any delays yet so we're hopeful using the right shipper getting things moving quickly we won't have too many delays actually the biggest challenge we had was our insurance we had to you know make sure that our insurance was all in check with um like conflict zones and things like that exclusions um but everything's in order and yeah should should work fingers crossed fingers crossed exactly (laughs) there's yeah ethiopia's got a lot of um political challenges at the moment um the in the news was uh quite a bit of um, unrest because uh, they're trying to do a deal with um, Somaliland, which is like an annexed part of Somalia, um, to change the port from Djibouti to um, Somaliland. And if that happens at all, cause quite a bit of upheaval in Ethiopia and, and Africa
0: more widely. So you brought your tasting notes from Ethiopia and the coffees that you tasted. Can you share it with us?
1: There are some, yeah, like I said, some beautiful coffees. Um, cupping at Origin is sometimes a little bit tricky because um, they use different water and different roast profiles, things like that. But this coffee, cupping at Testy was um, very easy because everything tasted really, really good. So um, some of my favorites, for example, um, Ayla Bombay Washed, which is a, a coffee that you probably all know. I found it to be um, overall very juicy and balanced. I got some nice notes of nectarine and peach. Um, overall, like nice and bright with a lemon sort of acidity, um, caramel and honey. Um, I think this is typical from this area. This is from Sidama, um, from a small town called Bensa, and I think that flavour profile is quite typical for that region. Um, another one that I really loved was uh, Rafisa, which is. Um, Actually, a, a town and, and the washing station there is called Ash. This contributes sometimes to the worker coffee that we've had in the past, but this time we'll probably keep it separate and just call it Ash. Um, this we found more like lime, uh, caramel, red apple, um, still very sweet and floral. And then, of course, some natural coffees. Um, one of my favorites was Worker Natural. Um, again, lots of like fruit notes like cherry and lime, overall, you know, very complex and winey. The scores probably a range of like eighty six to eighty eight, depending on the coffee. And yeah, buying buying coffee there, it, it's definitely a mix of you know finding the best coffee, but also finding coffees or finding the best coffee, but also tasting coffees that we have bought in the past. We obviously want to get the best, but we also want to maintain relationships and um, continue to buy from the same places year on year. Not only for our customers, but also for our suppliers too. I think that's really important. This year one of my favorites was the Banco Gotiti, which is a a new coffee for us. Um it's kind of it's from a famous village. And the, the village name is Banco Gotiti as well. Uh it's from Yogashev. Um and yeah, it was definitely my favorite. Um, really lifted and floral, um, lots of that sort of Yoga Chef character, like black tea and lemon. Really lifted and very sweet.
0: Yeah, we were talking about uh, um Ethiopian coffees, uh maybe 15 years ago in the beginning of my mm. days that they were kind of just called sidamo and heirloom yeah. and now we have much more information about each single coffee
1: yeah i mean it's hard because they like coffee exporters um will just refer to coffees by their region that they're from like this is our guji grade one and they won't talk about what the name of the washing station is once we've visited a few times and start Getting to the actual places, we start uncovering more and more information about where exactly the coffees are from, and we're able to share more, I guess, more transparency information about the name of the washing station and you know the elevation and how many people contribute to it and things like that. Um, and so that that's a direct result of us travelling and asking questions and um, getting to know um, our explorers, Testy, and the producers more closely. I'll do a information night soon uh, for Ethiopia. I'll show some do like a, a little slideshow or something mm. <laughs> talk about show and, show and tell and um yeah it'd be great to see you all we'll do it at western street in the evening uh coming soon
0: mm. i i saw you bought some uh, pineapples of the, off the yes. street. <laughs> anything else like when you're traveling in ethiopia obviously mm. you have some uh, spare time what what kind of food do you eat what what do you kind mm. of look look out for just for Sightseeing, I guess. Yeah,
1: I mean the food's amazing. Like the food is always um a new experience. Traditional Ethiopian food is delicious. Um yeah, it's mostly based around injera which is like a fermented, um flatbread, very airy sort of sour flatbread, which is made with a um a very old grain called teff And so they have they have dal and meats and stews and things like that sort of piled on top. Um, some greens. Um, I'll show some photos at the show until night Mm. but yeah the food's always very interesting Uh, we went to a delicious Yemeni restaurant as well in Addis which was lovely Um, but Addis is very multicultural so we went to a beautiful Greek restaurant as well Italian I went to a really fabulous bakery um, on one of the days that we had off on Sunday we basically just had the the day off Um, and it was spectacular
0: yeah and apart from the cupping do you Mm. drink coffee like you start the day with an oat flat white. Yeah, <laughs> not a not, a,
1: not a canned oat flat white. But no, I, I think in, um I, I drank the coffee in Hawassa. The coffee brewed there is pretty good. So I drank that. Um, The traditional way of brewing um, coffee in the Jebana is quite strong. Like it's almost, like it's stronger than stovetop. It's almost espresso mm-hmm. uh, and it's really cooked. But they usually start with quite good quality coffee. So it's, even though it's a little bit roasty and a bit, too sort of stodgy for my tastes it it's clean and um it's it's like drinkable uh unfortunately the coffee in kenya is not very good <laughs> kenya is definitely more of a tea drinking country so everyone there drinks tea or like a very very milky tea they don't drink coffee themselves but mm-hmm. ethiopia there's the you know the coffee's pretty
0: um pretty good In the last podcast, you said mm. that Kenya was a little bit more up in the air. Mm. What happened in Kenya?
1: Well, Kenya's gone through some political changes recently. So um, the government has made this change where they've basically like deauthorized all these mills from milling coffee. So you need a, a license to mill coffee in Kenya and they've basically just taken them away. And it's it's made it very, very tricky for coffee producers because... Normally they could just like do a contract with a buyer or an exporter and everything would work fairly seamlessly. But now the challenge is no one really knows where to mill the coffee and and how to get it. So um, this year we're probably working with Dormans. We went and spent some time with them. Um, We've bought from Dormans in the past, Um, not in the past couple of years, but um, I think about eight years ago, we bought from Dormans directly in Kenya. Uh, but basically, they're going to facilitate us buying coffee from people we've bought from in the past. So it's still a little bit up in the air. It sounds more certain like we're going to buy some um, some coffees from Kenya. Um, but the exact uh, process of getting them is, is still a lot more complicated than we
0: would like. So you haven't bought any Kenyan coffees yet?
1: Yeah, as yet we haven't bought any Kenyan coffees. We tasted about 120 samples at Dormans on our last day in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Which is great. There's some beautiful coffees. There's a huge amount of range, but it's it's basically it will come down to what's available, what we liked, um, and how we can get it. So it's still yeah a little bit up in the air.
0: I mean, Kenyan coffees compared to Ethiopia, maybe because they're all washed and from a smaller area, maybe more con- consistent or, or similar tasting. Well, I think there's more consistency
1: because there's uh, fewer producers um delivering to washing stations that we're buying from. Um there are also some small small holders, like we visited Karaba, um, which is a fairly fairly small farm that Melbourne coffee merchants has bought from in the past. Um and he he would produce maybe like four bags of coffee. It's reliably very good, but it's a very, very small small amount.
0: For people who really love Kenyan coffees, mm. when will they potentially be on the shelf?
1: Probably a bit later, not until July, August, probably. Um, And it's a similar story with shipping from Kenya as it is to shipping from Ethiopia. Um, Mombasa is a bit further south. It's not really in the Red Sea, but it still could be affected by delays in waiting for containers or shipping lines that aren't operating. Thank you for
0: those... Updates. We're looking forward to uh Ethiopia night. Maybe mm. we can get some Ethiopian food. Good idea. Great. And Coffee. <laughs> um you also been to not only Ethiopia and Kenya, you also been to Pran. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, thankfully not thirty hours on Punt Road, but it was <laughs> Um a journey. No, um yeah, obviously we're doing the renovation at the Pran Main Shop at the moment and I visited the builders there to check on set out for the bar and make sure everything's lining up and see how see how it's looking and yeah i'm pleased to say it's looking great so the the sort of position the the main service bar and got it lined up um we finished with the demolition so we'll hopefully start building soon and yeah we're on track to sort of finish end of march we've we've said that we're going to open in april which is giving us a couple of weeks of leeway but there's a little bit, maybe there's a little bit extra work to do um, than we had anticipated, but we'll see. Mm. Mm. So,
0: stainless steel countertop?
1: stainless steel countertop, um, sort of like a blackened raw steel um, face to the counter. So it'll be quite dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a beautiful new retail display um, just on the right-hand side as you walk through the roller door, um, you could even okay. say it's a- So
0: where they're all merch? Mm-hmm. And bench baguette stand used to be that's correct so
1: we've gone bigger we've gone bigger um and we have so for no the, longer
0: watering the plants at the top there's no plants <laughs> at the top
1: there's no plants that's at the correct. top um but yeah a, a big beautiful display um area for uh for coffee merchandise and we've got room for um two points of sale as well so at the front so we'll be able to spread out a little bit and have two tills and things like that which
0: mm. would be great Thanks again for the updates. We're looking forward to a lot of things: Ethiopian coffees, Kenyan coffees, and the new brand store.
1: Mm. Lots coming up. It's a busy few few months coming. So,
0: yeah. If you have any questions about anything, please get in touch. Training at marketlane.com.au. See you soon.
1: Thanks for listening. See you soon.
0: Thank you.